Hey, it's lovely to see you. Happy New Year to you all. Praying God's blessing. And as Heather said, we, we are genuinely spirit excited about what God has planned for us this year. I haven't been able to say this every year, but there's something I believe that he's going to do that is really going to be quite significant for us as a church. And I pray for us individually. I'm reading from Matthew 2. So iPads, phones, Bibles, um, it'll be up on the screen. I'm reading verses 1 to 15. I have to say, one of my favorite passages. I love this story. We know it well, but let me uh, read. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you found him, bring back word to me that I may worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they'd come into this house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they'd opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. In his 1939 wartime Christmas broadcast, King George VI quoted the Gate of the Year poem by Minnie Louise Haskins. I'm sure some of you know it. And I said to the man who stood at the Gate of the Year, Give me light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than a light and safer than a known way. Well, back then in 1939, and now in 2023, war is still raging in Europe. And so much uncertainty, danger, and darkness in the world today. It seems like a good place to start this new year And a great reminder of the kind of resolve that God is looking for in each one of us, especially as the poem goes on to say, So I went forth, finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night, 
and he led me towards the hills and the breaking of the day in the lone east. And I suppose the question for us as we begin this year is, whose voice are we going to be listening to this year above all the clamor and the uncertainty? Whose hand are we going to be holding on to this year amid all the distractions and dangers that pull on us and our time? Whose light are we going to be following this year amidst all the fires and flames that burn in the darkness? And not just following, but whose light are we going to be shining? As Heather mentioned, uh, Heather, Sam and myself, we were, we were praying, soaking, listening uh, to the Lord on New Year's Eve as, we, as we've done for a number of years now. And one of the Bible passages the Lord gave me is from Matthew 5, 14 to 16. He says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to you and to me. He's saying we are called to be the light of the world. We're called to be those that do not hide the light he's given us or do not dwell in the darkness by any ungodly habits and things that we do. But we are those who are called to shine before men so that they can see the good works and good agathos. It means beautiful works of the kingdom of God and give glory to the Father. And I think we have an exciting opportunity as we begin this new year to shine like never before. To shine even more brightly in our workplaces, in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our island, certainly in our homes. And I want to stir our hearts to choose this way of radiance. I want to stir our hearts to commit to this lifestyle of shining, to live this life of being light in the world. Excuse me. I'm quite convinced it's not COVID because I had COVID three weeks ago. Hang on. And you know, the only way for us to be this kind of light, not the man-made bulbs, but Holy Spirit lamps, is to be humble, is to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness. It's to be filled with His presence. It's to be merciful. It's to be pure in heart. It's to be peacemakers. As Jesus spoke just moments before, He made that declaration of light. Or to be, as we've titled our new sermon series this term, holy and whole. So let me ask us again, whose voice are we going to be listening to this year? Above all the clamor and the uncertainty, whose hand are we really going to be holding on to this year amidst all the distractions and dangers that pull at us and pull at our time and energy? Whose light are we going to be following this year amidst all the fires and flames that burn in the darkness and not just following, but whose light are we going to be shining? I love this passage in Matthew 2. 
There's so much in it for us to reflect on in terms of worship, adoration, and wonder. But I do want to focus on an aspect not so much referred to at Epiphany, but it is very much there, refuge and rescue. And just setting it very briefly in context, there's three things for us to note about the wise men. Number one, they were magi who had seen a special star. Magos, the name given by the Babylonians and Persians and other nations to magicians, astrologers, astrologers and students of the stars. Number two, they came from the east, we're told this, which could have been Arabia, more likely to be from Babylon, especially as they had a Jewish community. And they came probably six months up to 18 months after Jesus' birth. And number three, they came to worship the king. They came from a culture that ordinarily despised and dishonored the Jewish people to fall on their faces and offer their gifts of worship to an infant king, the king of the Jews. Amazing, powerful, and wonderful. But it's the voice that they were listening to that I want us to consider. See, we're told in verse 9 that when they heard the king, King Herod, they departed. And then we're told again in verse 12, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their country another way. In other words, there was a lot of noise surrounding them. As there is with us, the social media of the day went wild. They could hear all the clamor and the noise of the chief priests and the scribes responding to their question, where is the king to be born? They heard the beguiling questions of King Herod, calling them to himself in secret. And by the way, King Herod was an Edomian. He was from Edom, south of the Dead Sea. And there was a history of enmity between the Jews and the people of Edom. And the way he murdered his own wives and children you know, there was going to be no mercy shown, uh, any threat to his throne. And there he was calling these magi into his presence, trying to find out where this king was going to be born. And these magi, they heard all these voices, all this noise, all this advice, trying to help them decide the way forward. But who did they listen to? They listen to the voice of God. You know, there's a difference between hearing and listening. There's a difference between hearing the noise and the clamor that's all around us, giving us advice, telling us we should do this and that. Whether it's on the TV screens or, you know, clicking on YouTube, you, know, you see all these things that we should be doing about our health and wholeness and all of that. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Listening is paying attention, hearing advice, or listening for truth. Hearing the noise, or paying attention to godly wisdom. Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in the season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does prospers. 
This is really important for us. And you know, it's not just for us, it's for those that are around us, that we are listening to the voice of God and paying attention to His leading in our lives. And you see, these wise men, they, 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 they had to discover this and know this. You see, the voice of God leads to the place of rescue. It rescues us from the big three Ds, distraction, deception, and danger. And it rescues those around us. It's the voice of God that leads us into safety, into refuge. And it provides refuge to those around us. Do we need help with relationships that are breaking down or painful? Do we need rescue from financial difficulties? Do we need refuge from personal struggles that we're having? Do we need guidance for work and the next step? Or whatever it is. Can I encourage each one of us to make it our choice first and foremost to listen to the voice of God in all of these things and many more. To go first to Him and then again to Him and then again to Him until we hear His voice speaking into our lives, into these situations, into the situations that we face day by day. I love what uh, Bill Johnson says about hearing the voice of God. He, he says he often turns to the Psalms and he reads the Psalms and he doesn't put the book down until he hears God speak. Open the Bible. Read. Read the, the, the verses that we're giving you in this 365 and listen to God speaking because He will speak. And it's only His voice that provides the kind of rescue and refuge we need and leads us into what is the best for us. Only His voice leads us safely into the unknown. But it's not just His voice that guides us. It's the hand that leads us into the night. You know, as little children, we come to know the importance of holding on to a parent's hand. When leaving the house or crossing the road, it becomes second nature. When falling in love, one of the first signs of falling in love is holding hands. In other words, what we have in these two examples is the very simple act of leading and loving by holding hands. And you know, holding the hand of God is a little like that, but so much more, as Joseph came to understand. See, Egypt to a Jew was a place of captivity that God rescued his people from. Historically, for the Jewish people, Egypt was not the safest place to go. Just think about this for a moment. It was not a place of refuge. You know, human intuition or human wisdom that we so often fall into would have suggested Joseph taking another route. It would have suggested going north, going back home to Nazareth, finding a place of hiding in and around there, maybe going even further north. But that was not the safest and that was not the best place for them as a family. And so in obedience to the voice of God, 
Joseph takes hold of the hand of God and he leads his wife and his baby to Egypt. They leave at night, walking some 40 miles or so, just imagine that, 40 miles in the dark to the Egyptian border and then on to wherever God provided the space for them to say. You know, my kind of sense is that however far they went into Egypt, God provided a family that just loved and took care of them, took them in and met all their needs because God is loving and gracious like that. But you know the point is, the Lord knows what's best for us and those close to us. It's not just about us. And you see, when he's holding on to us, the safest place on earth is to be in his hands. When he is holding on to you and to me, the safest place on earth is to be in his hands. Why don't we just say that together? When he is holding on to me, the safest place on earth is to be in his hands. Please let that just sink into your soul and your spirit. I know some of us are going through difficult times and maybe others are facing challenges that you've not even shared. The safest place on earth is to be holding on to the Father's hands. Whose hands are we holding on to this year? Is it the hand of our own finances that we've provided for ourselves? Is it the hand of our health and health plans and prescriptions? Is it the hand of the livelihoods that we've worked so hard to provide? Is it the hands of our families and friends and the support networks that we've worked so hard to protect? Is it even the hand of a fellowship like us at St. Matt's that we've grasped to be part of? All of those things are good. But there is one hand that's reaching out to us, the hand of the Father. And he's inviting us to take hold of him again as we step into the unknown. And you see, God will never let go of us. He is forever faithful. He is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble, Psalm 46. And it's his light that shines not only upon us in the darkness, but in and through us as he holds us, as he speaks to us, that he wants us to shine for him. The voice of God, the hand of God, and the light of God. And you know, if Jesus says to us, you are the light of the world, he knows what he's talking about. And he's made it possible for us to be light for him in the world. I mean, think about it for a moment. How many people do we know who are walking in darkness? And what I mean by this, who are lost or confused or fearful or ashamed or hurting or sad or desperate for hope and salvation. And some of us may be feeling some of those things right now. You know, the truth is, even here in this beautiful island of Jersey, many people are walking around in that kind of of darkness and what do they need they need light and whose light do they need they need the light of Jesus and the beautiful and powerful gospel message is that if the Lord would provide 
a light of a distant star to help a few strangers in the east navigate their journey in the dark so that they could come into the presence of the King of Light. How much more will He give us His children, His light, to navigate the darkness around us, especially when He tells us, you are the light of the world. You are the light. And what He's saying to us is not only His light to shine upon us, but His light to shine through us so we can be light to those around us. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I believe this is our calling this year. Well, it's every year. But I believe God wants us to be light. That city on a hill that shines for Him. And we're going to be looking at this over these next uh, weeks and months. Looking at what it means to hear the voice of God. What it means to walk holding on to the hand of God, if you like. What it means to be light shining for Him as the light of the world. And looking at this under the whole heading of holy and whole. But I want to finish with this. And it's an encouragement to us to make a personal and corporate commitment of faith. To make it our declaration this year that we will listen first and foremost to the voice of God. That we will place our hands in His hands and be led wherever He leads us into the unknown. And we will let His light shine upon us. That those around us will see His glory shining in and through us. And before I invite us to stand and for us to do it together, can I just remind us, for this to happen, we need to grow in holiness and wholeness. For this to happen, we need to be intentional about what it means to be light for Him. For this to happen, we need to be intentional about our lifestyle. The things we do and say and think and write and post and invest our time in and our energy in. You know, there is a calling on the church to be the pure spotless bride. I have a sense in my spirit that if you like, we can't play at this anymore. There cannot be areas in our lives where we behave a way that we know that doesn't come in line with God's will and ways. You know, it startles me at times the way some of the things that are posted on Facebook by believers. We need to watch what we write. Be careful how we speak. And I love the fact that we start with thankfulness. You know, one of the things we've noticed, the difference it makes, you know, going to shops and just smiling at those who serve you and thanking them for what they're doing and who they are. It, It makes all the difference, this very little act of being light in the darkness. You know, taking children to school, thanking the teachers for the way that they care for your children. When you're going into hospitals and you need a bit of treatment, thanking the nurses and doctors for the time they give and the expertise. 
in the offices. Be the one that shines, that says thank you when someone delivers the post on your desk or whatever it is. All of those things are part of being light to the world. And you see, when that happens, when we shine, when people see that goodness shining out of us, we become the safe place. And when we become the safe place, they open up their hearts. And when they open up their hearts, you see the needs and the hopes that they need. And it opens the door to talking about faith. And that, you know what? I know someone who can help. And his name is Jesus. Rejoicing, praying, caring, loving. It all takes choice and commitment. And there is a stirring in my heart. I think more than I can remember is for me, and you can keep me accountable, um, for me to live this life for Jesus in a way where I want to see his light shining more and more brightly. To be that city on a hill that shines for Him. It is the only way and it's God's way to go out into the darkness, to put our hand into the hand of God, knowing that it shall be to us better than light and safer than a known way. Amen. Let's stand together. And if you are open to this and willing I'm going to invite you to repeat these words that you make this declaration for yourself, for your family, if you have a family around you, those that you have influence over, that you make this declaration. Can I invite the band, by the way, to uh, come and join me? That you make this declaration for this year. And know that God is listening. And see, the great thing is, God hears every prayer. The challenging thing is, God hears every prayer. So when we speak these words, He is listening and He's taking note. And He wants us to do well. And He wants to bless us in and through us. I'm going to read these words and then invite us to say these words again. So just let this sink in. Maybe close your eyes for a moment as you're just thinking about what God has given you, the sphere of influence, the workplace, as well as your neighborhood, and of course your home, those that are dear to you. So this is what you're going to be saying. I make the choice and declaration over my life this year to listen first and foremost to the voice of God. To place my hands in the Father's hands and be led into the unknown. And I choose to be a city on a hill and to let my light shine before men that they may see my good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And if you're with me in this, let's say these words together. I make the choice and declaration over my life and I want to say over this church this year to listen first and foremost to the voice of God. I make the choice and declaration over my life in this church to place my hands in the Father's hands and to be led into the unknown. 
and I make the choice and declaration over my life and this church. And I choose to be a city on the hill and to let my light shine before men that they may see my good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And God's people said yes and amen to this. Father, I thank you for the declaration we've made. And we do. We, we place ourselves in your hands to listen to your voice, to be guided by you, and to shine for you. And I just have a sense that there may be some of you that the Lord wants to specific, specifically commission today as God is, has been speaking and stirring your hearts about being light like a city on a hill. And it may be something that it's almost like an idea that he's given you that, um, uh, that you're kind of wondering, is this for now? Is this for this year? How can I serve him? But he is speaking to you about being that light, that city on a hill. And I believe that there are some of you here, maybe many of you, that he is wanting to commission today to be that light for him. You may not have worked out what it looks like to be that light in that particular situation. And it may be to do with serving in church or serving in the community or God has just called you to do something. But I just want to invite you to come to the front and we would love to pray for you and commission you to be that city on a hill that shines for, for Him as we continue in worship and as the guys just kind of lead us uh, in worship. If that is you, if God is stirring your heart, then I invite you to take that step, to come forward. We'll pray for you. God knows what that is. And in the days to come, that may mean conversations with, with us about it or uh, with, uh, with different people. But I'm kind of sensing there is a stirring in your hearts that you're feeling God is calling you where you've even seen yourself kind of hidden or you've held back. That God is stirring you to say, no, now is the time to shine. No more holding back. No more walking in the shadows of darkness. Now is the time to be light for Him to shine for Jesus, to be that city on a hill. And you see, when there's a city on a hill that shines, there's no hiding. Everybody sees it. And that's what the Lord wants of each one of us, to be that light. And so if God is stirring your heart, can I invite you to come forward? Just take that step. It's a step of courage because He is calling you to do something for Him. And that is to shine. And I want to encourage you as well. He is not going to leave you on your own. He is not calling you to do this on your own. He is inviting you to be part of something that is far bigger than anything that we can imagine. You know, God is calling us to be part of something that's bigger than Jersey. I, 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 we, we see this. We know this. He's stirring people. I, I, I believe today that almost like this message, this word, is being preached in many, many places around the world today where uh, kind of pastors and ministers are saying we're called to be light for Him. We're called to shine for Him. We're called to be a, a city on a hill that's not hidden. 
So this is for us, but it's bigger than us. And so, Father, I thank you for that stirring right now. And as we commission each one here to shine for you, to be that light for you, Holy Spirit, would you come and put your seal upon each person? Holy Spirit, would you come and place your hand of protection around each person and their families and those who are close to them? Holy Spirit, would you stir their hearts with that conviction? This is not something they're doing on their own, but they're doing with you in the power and presence of you. And so we thank you for each person who's taken this step of faith. And we say, would you bless them? Would you release them for your glory in Jesus' name? And I just say this prayer over you is a, is a simple conf- uh, commissioning. But God is going to be speaking specifically about what he is stirring your heart to do for him. So there's more to come. But I bless you in this time as we continue uh, to worship and we're just sing over you. We're going to bless you with this. Thank you, Jesus.